Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Always love having you on the program, Colby Willard. He's one of my favorites. Uh, you know him with experience with Fox Business, his uh, time with CNBC. You might also know him for his hedge fund and one of my favorite newsletters, which is Trading with Cody, which is at tradingwithcody.com. And I was uh, checking out his newsletter today. It was very interesting. Cody, uh, Cody Willard, always uh, glad to have you back on the program. Uh, very interesting article about uh, lessons, for, uh, lessons from the last great tech crash which I get the impression from both what you're writing and from what I'm seeing, the, the crash is still happening. It's almost like watching a movie when the car goes off the side of the road, uh, you know, on a perilous highway, and it's still tumbling down in slow motion. It feels a lot like that. That's, a, that's actually a pretty dang good analogy there. It, it feels like that. It's, it, you, we've seen the, you know, you and I talked for the last five, six years about how we were in a bubble-blowing bull market. And about a year ago, I said, look, you know, this is over. And the bubble-blowing bull market ended. And after that, in the year, call it year and a half since, there's been an utter crash in tech stocks and in crypto. And, um, you know, there's nowhere to hide in the innovative, revolutionary kind of stuff that I like to invest for the long term. I've been cautious for the last year, but frankly, I think we're getting to a point that mm, I don't know that we're, it's what you just said. We're not quite like the, the car hasn't slammed into the ground and that would be the time I finally would want to buy. But I think we're getting close. I think we're seeing the ground being near to impact here. And, um, I think, you know, what I talked about in the letter was some of the lessons from 2002, you know, the the great bubble, uh, the dot-com bubble, the tech bubble. And mm-hmm. the, the, those, those lessons um, are applicable in some ways. You know, history doesn't rhyme, it doesn't repeat, it rhymes, so it's not going to be exactly the same. But, you know, we, we're certainly further along in this crash than um, – you know, than we were the last even like a month ago when you and I talked. I'm, you know, we're finally getting through some of this process and getting close to that car hitting the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're seeing, you know, some of the things. Again, people aren't honest with what the Fed does in order to get inflation under control. Basically, what they do is they kill the economy. <laughs> you know, I may be exaggerating a little, but, you know, the fact that we're hearing about a, a dramatic reduction in home prices and homes not moving Hate to tell you, but on the macro level, that's kind of good news if you want to fight inflation. Well, and that's you know, there's that's what the difference in my entire lifetime. We I have invested in a paradigm where the Fed could at any time cut rates to make the stock market go up, and that's just not where we are right now. There's not they don't have the room to do that because inflation is here and it's stickier and it's higher than it should be and they don't want it up here at the five six or seven percent level that it has been i think the 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 biggest consensus on wall street right now is that bulls and bears alike agree that the market has to go down in the first half the first quarter of this year but that eventually the Federal Reserve is supposed to ride to the rescue or something by cutting rates and creating another bubble. 
I think the people that are looking at that playbook have, you know, they don't recognize that the paradigm from the last 30 years has ended. And I don't think that's going to be the way it's going to work. And I think it actually might be healthier. I don't want the Federal Reserve cutting rates to ridiculous levels and making bubbles in the stock market and in technology happen and then making a crash happen when they have to tighten to fix the inflation. And then, like, I mean, we've spent my entire lifetime doing that. And it would be nice to go back to something a little more semblance, a semblance of normalcy where interest rates on two years are three or four percent, interest rates on the 10 year are four or five percent. And then it's natural and normal for a person who saves money at a bank to be paid a reasonable interest rate that maybe doesn't quite cover inflation but gets close to covering inflation. And it would be reasonable for people lending the government money to be getting four or five percent, which probably will be covering inflation next year. Yeah. Talk to me about what you think the mega-rich are doing right now. They are, you know, they're scared. I mean, they they are part of the retrenching that has happened in the world. And, you know, they're, uh, they're not, certainly not spending like they were a year ago, um, and you know, hundred million dollar real estate deals are sixty or seventy or eighty million dollar real estate deals now, and no one's out there buying a giant, you know, contracting the giant yacht companies to build in their new yacht. But you know, like, who cares? I mean, you know, like the, in the grand scheme of things, the the middle class around the world and maybe the upper middle class and less than ultra wealthy or what moves the needle in the economy and in the stock market. And, um, you know, hopefully they'll uh, get through this retrenching that needs to happen. You know, when I used to do my show on Fox, I used to do some skits to have fun. I thought reporting the news in the same way as everybody else was boring and I had the leeway to do it. And I used to do these skits where I talked about it's not, a recession, it's a refreshing. And that's what we need. We need to refresh the economy and we need to wash out the excesses, get rid of 20,000 cryptos that are fraudulent, silly, or stupid. Let this handful of good cryptos that are not securities or silly or fraudulent or stupid get, you know, create the value that they will create and bottom out and, you know, wash out the hundreds of stupid cloud security, cybersecurity startups that got funding last year. And, you know, you just got to get through this process, and we'll get there. So it sounds like really it might be a good time to hedge one's bets right now. <laughs> what does that look like know, to you? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. The time to hedge was last year. And I'm not saying that yeah. we're all in the free and clear yet, but I'm saying that if you haven't hedged yet, I certainly wouldn't start getting scared now. The time, yeah. you know, most of the damage I think has been done on, you know, and look, I'm not telling you to go buy, you know, the random electric vehicle charging station stock that, you know, was a $2 stock five years ago, went to 50 and now it's at 12. I'm probably short that stock. I think those things are still going back to where they were and or going to zero. There's still hundreds, if not thousands, of small cap SPACs and IPOs and former penny stocks that need to, be, to go to zero and 
get off the stock market. And, you know, that's healthy. I don't, we don't want, like, I, what's crazy to me is listening to the average Wall Street pundit who has just accepted the concept that the Federal Reserve is supposed to create bubbles that make us misallocate capital. We don't need yes. that. Get the government, yes. you know this, right? Like, just settle down, Federal Reserve. Settle down, Republican-Democrat regime. Just let the entrepreneurs, let the hardworking people, let the employees, let the blue-collar people do their jobs and get paid and save some money and quit jacking with stuff. Yes. Yeah, and that's essentially the essence of Austrian economics, right? You know, these wild, extreme exaggerations of uh, recession and depression do not happen when a economy is functioning on, on a normal basis. That is all driven by government, all driven by manipulation. Let the business be business and let the government do what it should do, which is protecting people from others and uh, creating an environment where business can be for everybody. Well, what's crazy is that you think back when the Federal you just made me think of this. When you think back to the Federal Reserve was started 100 years ago, a little 110 years ago or whatever it is, there was no Internet. There was barely a phone system. Fax actually had been invented 100 years prior to that, but nobody had one. But, you know, like, communi- you know, like it's, the, the, the velocity with which money could move back then, the velocity with which information could move back then was, you know, exponentially slower than what we have today. It it, it took a week for a message from someone and, you know, for money to move, for banks to make a move, for hedge funds didn't exist. Like, in this day and age, the flow of money would be so much more efficient if the government wasn't just, you know, creating all the rules. And I even just saw today the government, Republicans and Democrats together, came together and passed a law that you're now going to be able to move your ARI assets into your IRA asset. And these are the ones that you can do it with. And these are, I don't even know what the hell any of it meant, but the IRA part, what, they changed some rule that's going to allow you to do something to put more stuff in IRA stuff. And it's like, dude, just, I'm against IRAs, to be frank. Like, it's just you, know, you have to be rich enough to qualify for the tax break to get an IRA. Blue collar people yeah. don't have IRAs. Yeah. They don't need them. They're, they don't need them. That's the that's the progressive argument. Yeah, but why? You know, why do those who can afford them need that, need those breaks? That's a better question. Yeah, but why, if you're willing, if you're rich enough to save money, do you need to have it tax deferred? It just—it's yeah. insane. It's ins—it yeah. just—it's more. All of the loopholes and endless hundreds of thousands of pages of tax laws are have brought us to where we are. Aren't you glad that Dodd Frank fixed everything from the financial <laughs> crisis of 2008? Yeah, what happened to those two guys? Didn't they all resign? Didn't both of them resign or retire immediately because they were under ethics uh, violation uh, claims because of how cozy they were with banks? Did I or am I misunderstanding that? You know, I don't know if that part is that specifically (laughs) true, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, that happened. (laughs) (laughs) Is too close to a bank and should be prosecuted for ethics problems. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Coley Willard, always love having you on. Appreciate the encouragement. Uh, You're almost uh, like Churchill getting people through a war, because for a lot of us it feels that way, and uh, adding a calm voice to it. I appreciate that. Cody Willard, Willard, you can learn more at tradingwithcody.com. I encourage you to get your hands on his newsletter. It's must-reading. Final thoughts? Final thoughts are this. The hardest trades and investments I ever made, buying Apple, but I'm not joking, at 20 cents, split adjusted, or buying Facebook at 20, or buying Google on the David's IPO, buying Bitcoin at 100. I've done these things and others that have gone up 10 or 100 fold or more, and it's hard. It's hard. The hardest thing to do is buy those things when they are the best opportunity. And the harder it is, the more they go down, the better the opportunity is. Just got to stay in the game. Got to stay in the game. That's a good word. I'm Kevin Price. This is The Price of Business. Stay tuned for more.